you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host Gemma and in today's episode we are focusing on the all-party parliamentary group for transport across the north. So I'm joined as always by my colleague and co-host Stephen. Quick hello to you Stephen. Uh, Hi Gemma. Fab to have you here with me and our guests for today are the two co-chairs of the APPG for Transport Across the North. They are Andrew Jones who is MP for Harrogate and Knaresborough and a former Transport Minister and Graham Morris MP. He is the MP for Easington and member of the Transport Select Committee. Hello to you both. Hi. Hello Gemma. Lovely to have you here. Now this is um, a podcast that's uh, of particular interest and importance to Transport for the North. So the APPG uh, for Transport Across the North is, of course, directly relevant to all the work we do and um, is all about the investment priorities for the North, the perspectives, the challenges that we face. Since it was set up, there have been several sessions already, uh, so that was fantastic. And of course, they've been looking at all sorts of relevant topics from the role of transport in supporting economic growth, Northern Powerhouse Rail and other high speed connectivity projects, getting people back onto public transport post-COVID, and most recently looking at the importance of freight and logistics. So let me start by asking our two guests to introduce themselves and give us a bit of background um, and we will take it from there, I think. Uh, Andrew Jones, over to you first. Thanks very much, Gemma. Well, uh, hello everybody, my name is Andrew Jones. I'm the Member of Parliament for Harrogate and Nairsborough and have been that since 2010. I have uh, focused upon transport very much since uh, joining Parliament and had the opportunity to take that interest further as Transport Minister, which I've done for, uh, I think, nearly three years, and I've also had some time as a Treasury Minister. Why transport? Well, the first thing is it has an enormous role in, in our economic growth, and that works, I think, in a couple of ways. It is simply too hard to move people and goods around our country, and uh, it also works for individuals because transport improvement helps people access opportunities, access work. But it isn't purely an economic role. I think that transport investment is critical if we're going to make progress on hitting our carbon objectives. We've spent many years talking about getting people out of their cars and onto public transport. Great progress has been made, but we need to make much more of it in lots of different ways. But if we don't make progress with transport, we will not be hitting our carbon objectives. So two hugely important areas that have been of personal passion for me, is economic growth and carbon progress. I suppose we could add something a bit further to that as well, Gemma, really, because that's transport as a whole. Why transport across the north? So the northern element, I suppose, would be because I'm a northerner. I'm a Yorkie, born and bred. I represent uh, Harrogate and Nairsborough. Uh, I've known Harrogate and Nairsborough all of my life. I- I've lived in the centre of it for a long, long time now. And I think from a northern perspective, we need to play a bit of catch up with some of the opportunities in transport that we have within the south. And we have been a little bit fragmented in some of our voices across the north. This all party group, which is uh, is exactly what it says, it brings people together from all parties, from the House of Lords and the House of Commons. It is a very constructive, uh, friendly group that works very well across parties. 
you know, works to really promote the North. So uh, I suppose the first answer was about transport, the second answer about the North and how this group very happily brings the two together. Excellent. Very well done. Over to yourself, Graham. Th thanks, Gemma, and, and hi, and hello, Stephen and Andrew. And I, I mean, you mentioned in your in your opening remarks, uh, my constituencies in County Durham. I, I don't represent uh, an urban area. M mine's very much, uh, you know, between the sandwiched between the the, the urban centres on the uh, Tyne Weir and Tees. So I'm, you know, I'm very familiar with the issues and concerns of people of my constituents about connectivity uh, as well as having a kind of a, a concern about the bigger picture you know east west and north south connectivity but on a more localized level um like andrew i was elected in 2010 um i, I did have previously long service in local government i was 17 years a member of a, a, a district council you know now subsumed into a larger a unitary authority, Durham County Council, and uh, m my interests were always economic regeneration, we called it in those days, and economic development. And uh, of course, transport policy, planning and resourcing is an absolute um, cornerstone and foundation stone to, to, to that work. So um, uh, I, I originally served on the Health Select Committee, you know, I've been a, an opposition MP since 2010, but I did have a time, uh, sorry, I have since uh, um, uh, in more recent times served on the Transport Select Committee. And uh, I do find uh, my involvement with, uh, with this particular uh, all-party group, Transport for the North, it, it kind of sharpens my focus, informs some of my questions and contributions to the debates that are happening in the transport committee. And, and there's a degree of overlap between the two, you know, very much as our own group are looking at, um, you know, we've had um, particular meetings on um, uh, COVID-19, the implications for transport. Uh, the select committee's done something similar. Um, there's an ongoing report at the moment uh, about the reform of public transport after the pandemic. Trains fit for the future, and that's a little hobby horse of mine because I'm 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 a bit of a uh, of an enthusiast for for um, self-charging electric trains, and and, and that's nothing to do with the fact that they make some of them in my constituency. I just think that's a real opportunity for the future. You know, if we're going to look at the curve as to where the future jobs and prosperity are going to come from. Uh, we're also doing, as we've just done actually in, in our all party group, a major inquiry on transport infrastructure projects and appraisal. I want to come back to that and on on zero emission vehicles and road pricing and, and smart motorways. So I do think there's kind of a, a bit of synergy and a little bit of um, a, a, a advantage for me in being better attuned to the needs of my own region, uh, the North, and being better informed in tackling some of the expert witnesses uh, that we get in front of the panel. So essentially, that's the that's my, that's my background and interest in it. So I, I hope that's helpful there, Jenna. 
fantastic thank you so much both that was really interesting to hear uh, a little bit more about yourselves your backgrounds your experiences and, and all of those things that you obviously bring to the APPG and to your wider work as MPs as well so thank you very much for doing that um let's move on then and uh start to think about the APPG for transport across the north specifically um give us an overview of uh why that was uh why that was up and a specific why, why there was this need for it there are there are a number of um sectoral specific groups in fact there's a very good um old party group on, on rail in the north which i'm also a member of but but it has a very specific focus and although real investment is key and andrew's a former real minister uh, it, it's not the complete picture and the, the 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 unique selling point about our particular old party group uh, the old party group for transport for the north is it addresses broader issues uh, about the importance of the bus network about aviation um you know we we, we did a um a, a session on freight and including air freight and the importance of our ports and so on so it's a little bit more inclusive i think as a group uh, and it gives us a, a a more complete picture of the of the needs of the north C can i just say one of the things that always fired my um uh, um emotions about it now i was just you know before the before we were before we went live on the pod on the podcast now i was just doing a little bit of um digging in there was a an IPPR report. We had a couple of debates, Andrew, if you might recall, about the levels of investment in the northern region compared to the, the levels of investment. This is um, uh, government and private sector investment in the south and southwest. And the disparity is absolutely eye-watering. This report is actually from 2019, so it's pre-pandemic. But London was receiving three times more per person than the north and seven times more per person than Yorkshire and, and, and the Humber or the Northeast. And in absolute terms, that was £3,600 per person in London and in the Northeast, just £519. And in Yorkshire and in, and in, and in the Humber, £511. Well, if that doesn't fire your passion to do something about it, given the importance of transport to our regeneration and, you know, rebuilding the economy, then, you know, that, 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 that there must be something amiss. So I, I do think it's really important work that we're doing, pulling together the interest groups, private and public sector on a cross-party basis to identify the, um, the priorities that we see as a, as a community across the whole region. So, uh, you know, I, th I, I think that's a reasonable explanation. I, I don't know if Andrew's got, got a little more to say. Well, I think that's been very helpful and very positive. Uh, the reason why I was really keen to get involved was because uh, we need a voice from the North for the North. And there are a number of reasons why I think we need that. But the first thing is it's transport across the north. So that implies two things right away. It's transport. It's not modal. And uh, there is a tendency in transport planning to think in a modal way. 
I have been a modal minister. There was a period where I was the bus minister, the roads minister, the rail minister. But however, passengers and travellers do not think in a modal way. They will use multiple different modes, often in a single journey. It's all about achieving an objective uh, to get from A to B. So that's why uh, a non-modal uh, approach is good and why we have it in this APBG. Also, we have a very diverse region. We have big cities. Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, Newcastle, Sheffield, great big cities. But we also have some of the most yeah. uh, low population density areas in our country with fantastic national parks and different challenges. We have um, a, a huge diversity is one of the reasons why the North is so very nice. But it does mean that we have some transport issues which are specifically ours. And one of the things that has dogged Northern economy for quite some time is productivity. Now that is a UK wide issue, uh, but in the southeast of England, we have a productivity level which is comparable to anywhere in the world, pretty much. Get outside the southeast of England and the position changes. And whilst we have absolutely world-class companies in all parts of the UK, we don't have enough to mean the productivity around the UK as a whole is good enough. And I think transport has a huge role to play in productivity. And that's really uh, been a, a further interesting. You know, I've started, for instance, the productivity review within the Treasury. So uh, integration, our local geography from the north, for the north, productivity, basically, so we can work smarter and better and improve the quality of life and opportunity for people in the region. I think that's a fantastic uh, overview of the uh, of the APPG and the the real need um, for that group. So that was that was fantastic. Thank you to you both. Um, Stephen, I think you probably um, would be good to jump in here. Just want to pick up on some of the uh, the sessions of the APPG so far. So do you want to tee us off, Stephen, and just tell us very briefly uh, what those sessions have been? Um, and then maybe if Andrew and Graham could each pick out some uh, some some key elements or some uh, some of the, the biggest takeaways from those sessions. So yeah, so we've had uh, there's been quite a few sessions of the of the all past parliamentary group since uh, since the end of last year when it was when it was reset up. So I think uh, obviously we've looked at economic growth with uh, you know with representatives of TFM vice chairs. Um, and some of the LAC representatives as well. We've looked at high-speed north, uh, public transport post-COVID-19, which was again looking at bus and uh, and rail and how that uh, both of those areas can can play a part. And then obviously looking at northern freight. So there's quite a, a broad uh, spectrum of that's covered all the important bits of the north. Really. So just one: were there any particular um, important points that you would probably want to highlight from any of those sessions that you think you know you'd want to raise awareness of? I just wanted to flag up a particular issue, and it's it kind of reminded me um, at the session we've been doing in the Transport Committee um, of the discussion that we had on the session we had in the All Party Group on economic growth in the North and the appraisal of major infrastructure projects. And there's a couple of key points that, that, that I thought came out of our discussion, and we had you know we had a range of representatives uh, in that session uh, we had um well ben houch and the mayor of the tees valley wasn't there but we had uh, the leader of darlington who was deputizing uh, and we had uh, barry white 
um, um, and we had Louise Gittins from uh, from Chester West, so, uh, and we also had Peter Kennan from Sheffield. So there was a wide range of um, uh, views and opinions expressed. But you know, the government are moving away from the <clears throat> existing assessment of um, the value of a project. They call it um, BCR, benefit cost ratio. Now, we don't know exactly what that's going to be replaced with. It, it could be replaced with a BCR plus. But what I'm very interested to know is what are the, what will the plus be? What are the criteria that are going to be applied? Uh, Andrew mentioned improvements in productivity. Uh, but is is there also, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a socialist. I, I want to apply resources to the areas of greatest need and to use the levelling up agenda to direct resources to the areas that need it most. Yes, for for reasons of, um, you know, improving employment, uh, uh, jobs, growth, improving connectivity, access to uh, services, to leisure, to retail services, and and to health services too. But but. Uh, um, I, you know, I, th I think there's an argument argument for us to make about what these additional criteria should be. And leading on from that, what I was thinking is, because quite unusually or uniquely, we have a statutory basis, don't we, as um, transport for the north. But I still don't think the consultation is formalised. That, that there is some consultation, but we are not in control. And um, you know, maybe we'll consider a little later what 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 our um, priorities are for for transport for the north in terms of you know greater devolution and having a say over over devolved budgets. But I, I do think there should be some more um, formalised process of identifying consulting. And, and planning, because better consultation leads to better planning and better local outcomes. That, that, that That's the kind of conclusion that I've come to, you know, from listening to expert witnesses and from my own experience in local government and uh, as a member of parliament. So just a thought on that particular session, but I, I think they've all been valuable. I, I, I did I did find the, the last session that we did on Northern Freight uh, very interesting, you know, highlighting how important in value terms our airports are in terms of their contribution to the local economy and how important it is to have connectivity to the airports and ports too, not, not, not you know, for, for reasons of trade. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, just a couple of thoughts I'd share. Oh, thanks, thanks very much, Graham. Very, very interesting. Andrew, any particular, any particular strong points that you picked up from any of the sessions? So I think you remember you were quite interested in the public transport post COVID nineteen and making sure that that messaging was was really strong to make sure we don't lose any ground that's been built up. Well, that's absolutely right. The uh, I was fascinated by that uh, particular session, Stephen. You're quite right. It is an important one. We have made really good headway in. Uh, renewing our, our rail fleet across the north, we've got some electric buses, we need people to have a good competitive offer to leave their vehicles behind and to embrace public transport. 
But we've just, and we've spent years asking people to do just that. But we've also now been spending the last year telling people to do the opposite, to get in their cars and not go onto public transport. So I think there is a danger that we have, uh, for the best possible reasons, and I'm not being in any way critical, but for the best reasons, we may have undone some good work uh, that's been built up over previous years, and we have to work hard to recover it and recover it quickly. So I, th I thought that session was very important. It's about communicating, it's about uh, encouraging confidence, and basically ensuring that, that telling people it is safe to use public transport because of the very good work that's been done by the providers in keeping things clean. So that was a that was a good session. I also thought the session on freight was was a positive one. Uh, we often assume that freight is very much a road question because that's what we see, perhaps more than most. It isn't just that by any means. And that was a point made very forcefully by Manchester Airport. Uh, at the biggest port in terms of value for the UK is Heathrow. And people don't always assume that when they uh, are seeing aeroplanes that in the hold there's a lot of freight being moved with people above but in the hold below. Uh, and also an important rail question. So encouraging freight, most important. And, and the last session really was about high-speed high north and high-speed rail. Uh, in the Queen's speech uh, this week, we have heard there will be the bill for the western leg, the crew to Manchester section of HS2, uh, and there's still work to be done on all the other areas for high-speed north. And I want to see HS2 delivered in full. That includes the eastern leg. And it, I'm also very keen to see Northern Powerhouse Rail, that, that, that whole northern uh, project connecting our northern cities uh, taken forward as well. So I think those three sessions really, high speed, freight, and getting people back onto public transport as we emerge from the pandemic, all most important. Okay. Yeah, so thank you. I think all, all, yeah, all, I think there's, there's, there's so much going on, isn't there? And it's all drastically important. And I think it's getting the price. Seems like there's so much political will on all sides to really see this delivered. It's about getting it, getting it right, isn't it? And get it structured in, in the right way. So I think um, so I think with with that in mind, um, like I said, I know with this podcast we tend to go look at uh, five things, five ways you can we can level up the north. So obviously we've covered a lot of the transport aspect here, but we know it is a little bit broader than transport as well. So like I said, most people don't always get all five ways, but if there's uh, if there's any particular priorities you think that should be pushed forward in order to help make sure that we can level up the north, what do you what do you think there should be? There are some particular. Um, um, themes rather than you know specifics uh, uh, here and uh, you know I, I've been quite interested in some of the initiatives that the uh, directly elected metro mayors have been pushing uh, particularly in relation to integrated transport networks and you know I think it I mean if you're asking me about you know what our work program should be and maybe what we should be looking at um, I, I, I'm, I, I've always been fascinated by the possibilities of that. I, I mentioned earlier that the benefits, not just to the, you know, the large um, urban um, metropolitan centres, but but to the uh, more rural areas of of improving connectivity between, um, you know, the smaller villages and towns with the with the larger centres. And I, I I do think that that's that there may be further opportunities as a consequence of 
um, the economy is opening up after the COVID restrictions are lifted. And, you know, heaven knows we need um, to encourage better use of, of public transport in that regard. But I just think in terms of adding value to the system, that the integrated transport systems that I remember as a, you know, as a young man that operated in the Tyneway conurbation, and I think in, in South Yorkshire, and then I've heard Andy Burnham talking about uh, earlier this week, I think have got a lot to benefit um, the local economies, to individuals, to employers, to public sector organisations. So I, I definitely think we should be looking um, at those more closely. Why, why should all the jewels be concentrated in London? You know, they have a terrific integrated transport system and, and that model could easily work uh, elsewhere. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like the idea of, um, you know, improving connectivity between communities. We often get hung up on um, uh, um, kind of grandiose plans, although as if there isn't anything else. You know, my, my daily post bag as an MP representing a, a constituency that's largely rural um, is, is, is mainly about the lack of availability of affordable bus services and people's inability to access services and facilities and job opportunities and, and the feeling of isolation and exclusion that comes with that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great um, supporter of um, uh, uh, interconnectivity, not just east-west, but, you know, intra-connectivity too. I think that's really quite important. I mentioned how important I thought it was earlier about formalising the consultation process and the work that government are doing on changing or amending the criteria to assess whether major infrastructure projects should go ahead. And I think we should have a role, I think we should have a voice there that needs to be heard about how important it is to hear the local voice of a region or a group of regions in determining the priorities. And, and certainly, yes, there are issues about what are the, the, the benefits going to be in terms of generating jobs, improving productivity, but there are broader arguments that need to be addressed. And I'm, I'm looking there at the levelling up agenda and the issues of deprivation and isolation, that this may well give us an opportunity to uh, to uh, to um, to address. Um, I think I think there needs to be greater collaboration. I I, I do think that that's uh, um, uh, very valuable. Um, I, I like the idea that whatever we do as a group, uh, that we are timely and that our interventions are relevant. Um, you know, we we, we uh, our aim, I hope, is to influence public policy, to influence. Um, public policy and private sector investment and government investment for that matter uh, and to influence the de decision makers in a way that can bring about improvements um, uh, you know aid the recovery jobs and growth in our regions in the in the north so broadly they are my um, priorities if, if that's any help. Uh, you, you will find here Stephen there is quite a degree of overlap uh, between yeah. uh, Graham's views and my views uh, we represent uh, quite different communities in different parts of the north, but the issues aren't dissimilar. 
So in, in no particular order, I, I also think it's probably appropriate to take some themes. Uh, the first thing is we, we know there is going to be a, uh, a new bus approach around the country. We have a bus national bus strategy. I want to make sure that we embrace the opportunities that that is presenting in the north. And uh, I think what I will ultimately come down to is uh, much more partnership working. Uh, that will take different forms in different places, but the bus services bill of 2017 presents opportunities for different levels of partnership and indeed franchising. Um, my guess is that the working together, the partnership, it will prove the most attractive, but let's grab the opportunity that is presented. Buses don't always uh, feature top of everybody's um, uh, sort of uh, wish list in transport, but they actually do the heavy lifting of our public transport networks around the country and must be uh, cherished. Uh, we're also in a period of renewal of the fleet. We've seen a lot of fleet changes in uh, rail. And we finally got rid of all those dreadful old pacer trains. Uh, but not everybody has yet been fully trained on the new uh, on the new stock. That's not a criticism again, but it hasn't been possible to have people traveling together in the same cab, for example, uh, for various obvious health reasons. So there's a bit of work to do on renewal of the fleet. We've got the Tananui Metro uh, change as well. So there's a lot of interesting things going on there. And that presents people with the opportunity to communicate the public transport has changed. Come and have a look. If you haven't seen the new exciting electric buses, which are going to be all over the north, going to be all over the country, and we've already got them in some parts of the north, e.g. Harrogate, uh, and they're popular. So come and have a look. Reappraise public transport. It is a lot better than uh, it was many, many years ago. And that leads into another theme, which is about air quality. That was rising up the political agenda uh, before the pandemic. Uh, and rightly so. I think people know that uh, there are health consequences and we need to address it. And we've seen in the early part of the uh, pandemic, the lockdowns with obviously vastly suppressed vehicle movements, um, changes in, in air movement. And there was an obvious improvement really quickly in air quality. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It coincided with glorious weather as well. So everybody was walking around the local parks if they could. And uh, I, I was, I know. But, and I thought that the air quality improvements, having uh, had the rising concern, having glimpsed what the future could look like, I think people will want to focus on that to keep the, uh, the pressure up to improve air quality. We haven't yet discussed uh, sustainable transport particularly um, in terms of cycling and walking strategies, but those are definitely going to be a feature of the future. They're obviously also connected to the other points made about air quality uh, and, and Graham's point about connecting communities and connecting people. Um, but I think that's going to be a bigger feature of the future than the past. We must again run to embrace it rather than stick our heads in the sand. And the last point really is about connectivity. Uh, we will, again, uh, a national initiative, uh, but let's embrace that initiative and make it bigger and better for us by uh, acting as a group. We can be quite a powerful lobby, local government, national government, different parties, different chambers in parliament. 
making sure that the, the voice for the North is very strong. And it is, as Graham said, it's a bit about city to city, and it's also about getting people into our bigger urban areas. Uh, it's about connecting people and opportunity more than anything else. So quite a number of different themes there. Obviously, if you were drawing a Venn diagram, there'd be quite a degree of overlap between my themes. There'd be quite a degree of overlap between my themes and Graham's themes. But that's one of the reasons why this group works well. Across the North, I think there is a consensus that we need the opportunities that other parts of the country have had. But we're also in a position where things are changing and we need to grab the opportunities that are there. I think that I think that's, that sums up so much and it, it, it's, it's only a shame that we can't go into um, many more of these things in any detail because so many key themes there regarding public transport, freight, high speed rail, uh, obviously the impact of COVID, decarbonisation, the importance of, of that for our transport networks. Uh, Andrew, you said something particularly interesting about um, the, 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 the differences across the North, but also the similarities. So, so much. And yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame that we, we can't sit here for a, a good few hours and go into a lot of detail, but hopefully that's given people uh, a great insight into the work of the APPG so far, into the key themes that the group's discussing, uh, and also in your uh, the insights from both of yourselves on, uh, on, on, on levelling up and priorities as we move forward. Just as a, a point to um, to wrap up on for, for final remarks, obviously uh, you, you've both touched on, you know, work still to, to come and, and what those um, areas of priority should be. I just wanted to do a little bit of a specific look at um, a couple of reports that are due to come out shortly and just get final thoughts from yourselves on the importance of, of those pieces of work and what they're going to mean for our, our transport priorities and investments uh, in the coming years. So um, the big one, of course, is the, uh, the integrated rail plan uh, for the North and Midlands, particularly, you know, we're expecting lots of HS2, Northern Powerhouse Rail from that, but also key projects such as the uh, trans route upgrade. Ahead of that, we are expecting the Williams review into the rail industry to come first. Um, and then there's also the uh, the devolution white paper, which uh, we're waiting on. And that's actually going to um, to go through a little bit of a rebrand before we get it. And that's that's the the, the, the levelling up paper, as it were. So, um, Andrew, let's come to you first this time. A couple of thoughts from from you on uh, any or all of, of those reports that we're expecting in the coming weeks and months. I think we're expecting very shortly, and I think it's going to be really interesting reading. The um, Obviously, during the course of the pandemic, government's attention has been distracted in, uh, in that direction, and rightly so. But work has been taking place behind the scenes with other teams, and uh, we've, I think, now entering a period, particularly after the local government election purda, where many uh, announcements will be made. So I think it's about opportunities again for us and making sure that we grab those opportunities for the north of England. I think that there will be a huge pressure to deliver. The integrated rail plan is, I, I think, a positive thing because ultimately we're not dealing with individual projects, we're dealing with networks. And if we have one fundamental intervention in the network, it has consequences in other areas. So I want to see the uh, sort of a 25, 30 year blueprint 
and of what our rail network could look like emerging, which uh, will incorporate Northern Powerhouse Rail, incorporate the Transpennine Rail Upgrade, incorporate HS2. So it's about a breadth of vision for me, rather than a piecemeal approach, uh, which has uh, served us in the past, but not served us well enough. Devolution, well, that's a hot topic. Uh, my word, um, and I'm quite sure that we will see a huge focus upon the benefits of a UK government uh, alongside devolved administrations, benefits of the union. This, this is a hot debate for the next few years. Uh, I'm personally strongly in favour of devolution. I think we have made some starts with it, and I think it's been a bit pit and miss, if I was honest. But I think you only have to look at the results that Andy Burnham, Andy Street, Ben Houchen achieved to show that people like vigorous local champions speaking up for their area and getting things done. I think that was one of the big lessons that we have seen in the last week. I don't think it's a major surprise, but if you, quite frankly, the results were so stark, I think it's now absolutely obvious. So I think we will see more elected mayors around our, uh, around our nation. And I think we need to have a big debate as to the powers they have got, not just for delivering local services, improving local services, but also revenue raising, so that we don't spend our entire time looking towards Whitehall. We're much more masters of our own destiny. That is a big question because it's about financial devolution as well as the power of devolution. And we've not really tackled that in the UK for a very long time. <laughs> so I look at the, the future in a very uh, lively and interesting period ahead of us but full of opportunity. And uh, I, I think this as a group is, is a good voice uh, because it brings everybody together so very well. And it uh, does so in a very collaborative, collegiate way uh, and is more powerful as a result. Graham, your thoughts on uh, on upcoming reports and, uh, and, and papers? Yeah, well, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I mean, Andrew's given a you know an excellent um, um, exposition there of, of the issues and on the integrated rail plan uh, again that ties uh, ties in with a lot of public investment that's a new feature of of the government it, it, you know their, their commitment to uh, to uh, leveling up we, we have to make sure that it's delivered and that it's delivered not in a in a top down way but you know as I mentioned earlier that there is proper consultation with properly constituted uh, um, um, bodies like Transport for the North, wh wh where there is some ob objectivity in the assessment of the sustainability and value of projects, you know, w we should be conscious of the of the charges of pork barrel politics. But, 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 but by the same token, there are criteria that should be applied to address the historic um, inequalities in funding that has so badly affected our region and parts of our region. So yes, I'm, I'm for de devolution in that regard. And in fact, I'd go a bit, bit further because I, I support the, the, um, uh, the, the Northern Transport Charter, you know, the idea that we should have four pillars, that we should have a dedicated and inclusive Northern budget for transport um, schemes. That we as a group should should have a a role in a, in a, in a leading role in uh, planning those schemes and uh, if not in the delivery but certainly 
in the programming. And finally, that we don't overlook the needs of businesses and passengers, uh, including passengers with disabilities, uh, when we are planning these schemes, um, so that we are, uh, you know, that we have a a, a, a transport infrastructure um, system and systems that are fit for the 21st century, not a legacy of a of a bygone industrial age. I think uh, the, the the bottom line is then from 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 both of you is that there's there's plenty going to be happening in the coming. There's loads of opportunities. To, yes. Yes. Opportunity, absolutely. That that's the key phrase, isn't it? Opportunities for for leveling up, for getting the right investments at the right time in the right place and the right kind of projects. You know, um, congestion, capacity, decarbonisation, active, active travel, travel. Yep. horses. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, we've we've covered a lot of ground uh, here today. Um, Stephen, in in wrapping up. Um, is there anything you'd like to add in terms of uh, the the APPG? What's happening uh, next with the group and, and, and where do we go from here? Uh, yes, I think obviously if, any, if anybody wants to register their interest in the group, your email secretariat at uh, transportacrossthenorthappg.com. Uh, we'll make sure that you get the updates and we'll keep you posted about what, what's going on. Um, I think... In terms of this session, I think, yeah, like I said, there's, we've covered an awful lot of ground here. So I think we'll try and catch up with you a bit more regularly after each APPG and we can maybe cover each, some of the topics in a little bit more detail after each one. Uh, but I think, yeah, in terms of this session, I think I think there seems to be a general consensus around there's obviously a need for transport. I think in the short term, it seems like you're looking for kind of the investment in the short term and then the changes in the long term that will make that investment a little bit easier to deliver and then some coordination into, you know, where those priorities should be and how we should deliver that investment. Also, the criteria that's been applied to determine where that investment takes place, you know, the yeah. BCR yeah. plus, we must yeah. and we should and must have a voice in that. Otherwise, we may find yeah. we're saddled with criteria that puts us at a disadvantage. Absolutely, yes, yeah. I think uh, I, I think a lot of the work that Transport North does uh, fits into that, trying to trying to demonstrate the wider economic benefits of transport investment. I think we're feeding that in now to try and make it work in the way that the system does at the minute. But obviously, like you say, you want to change the way the system does so that it's a bit easier for those benefits to to make play a part in in, in appraising transport projects. You know, rather than trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, yeah. which is a little bit what we're doing at the moment. Fantastic. Thank you all so much for giving up your time, uh, not only to be on the podcast with us today, but also in co-chairing the, uh, the APPG as well. We do really appreciate uh, having you both on there and the, the insight and experiences that you bring. Um, so obviously, Stephen referenced getting in touch if you do want to uh, to find out more about what's going on with the APPG. Uh, if you didn't catch that email address, the easiest thing to do is to head to our website, which is transportforthenorth.com slash APPG. You'll find all the info there about our previous sessions, upcoming sessions and how to get in touch. And of course, as each session takes place, we will also be shouting about it on our social media channels. So search us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. If you uh, if you search Transport for the North, you'll find us on there. And of course, we'll bring you updates through our weekly email newsletter, All Points North as well, which you subscribe to at the uh, bottom of our website by putting your email address in the little box. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. 
Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.